Hello, and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And today, we're here to talk about chapters 23 and 24 of Children of Dune, just as soon as we feed each other this dark drink. (laughs) And then we'll just get robbed, pass out and get robbed. Sure. I, I mean... The only dark drink I like is coffee, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like a dark a dark liquor, unless it's Bailey's. A liqueur. A dark liqueur. I mean, I like, like, bourbon, but... Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't. <laughs> but it's, it's not I've, that dark. I've tried, like, once we went to a scotch tasting, Ooh. just in terms of trying... And I was just like, I... This all tastes scotch exactly isn't for the uninitiated, though. Like, you already uh, have to... Kind yeah. of have to have a taste for it for was whiskey. not my favorite <laughs> event ever. I'll be honest. Aw, well, I'll take what you don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know I like, me; I have a problem. I like amaretto. Oh. It's kind of darkish. <laughs> I'm a so very. Sweet. I am everyone's great aunt. Um, <laughs> I would say, I used to always say, like, oh, I'm the mom friend, because, you know, I'm a mom, and I'm very, like, oh, but no, I'm really just everyone's great aunt. Like, I'm kind of, I have mom <laughs> tendencies, but also I'm in the corner drinking amaretto. It's like, oh. I have seen you drink out of a pineapple before, so. It's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. Yeah. So, Children of Dune. Oh, my gosh. These people. This yeah. is, this family <laughs> <laughs> this is toxic. This is a toxic environment. It's not good. It's not. Not. Uh, I, I mean, Thanksgiving's got to be hella awkward. I appreciate. We'll get to this, but I do appreciate. There's a full paragraph in this first chapter of Jessica just checking out this dude. Yep. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I was like, Gurney Hello. has been gone for like a day. <laughs> like, Gurney's calm been gone. Down. For 24 hours, uh, you see a dude with a bow set and he just can't stop. <laughs> Ma'am, you have a problem. Yeah, it's like the first, because uh, we're picking up right where we left off last chapter with um, Jessica about to, you know, hear the morning supplications with Alia. And <laughs> this is the first supplicant is this set player who's like standing there like, where's my money? (laughs) He's just sort of, he's just got this attitude. He's very proud. And apparently he was robbed of all his money and possessions. And he's there to try to get some kind of recompense. Yeah. And we will get to more about this guy in a second. First, I guess I have to read this, this epigraph. And no one wants to hear me read them anymore. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Okay. So this, this comes from the preacher at Arakeen. Our, our our old friend. Our friend and our guide our guide in this life. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't listen to the preacher, actually. If you ever no. <laughs> see anyone who's just sort of standing in a, a, a college green yelling like this, <laughs> just, just keep walking. Uh, yeah. My undergrad had a, a pair uh, who would come all the time, who apparently have quite a following. Uh, I can't think of their names off the top of my head, but if you, you probably know who I'm talking about. They're uh, an older couple who are very, very conservative Christians, and mm. they like to manifest that by going to college campuses and calling every woman who walks by in like a tank top a whore. Mm. Which, when you go Fine. to college in Florida, as I did, uh, that's everyone. <laughs> so they're yeah. very busy. Uh, and we all just used to get Subway sandwiches and sit and eat and laugh, which is... That's really how you, know, you handle what you gotta those do. types. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just keep moving on and don't don't join the preacher's cult. Don't join any cult, uh, even if they are saying things like this. This is the fallacy of power. Ultimately, it is effective only in an absolute, a limited universe. But the basic lesson of our relativistic universe is that things change. Any power must always meet a greater power. Paul Mwadib taught this lesson to the Sardaukar on the plains of Arakeen. His descendants have yet to learn the lesson for themselves. Snap! Mm. <laughs> How would you know, preacher? <laughs> when he said it's... Paul Mwadib, he just definitely, like, tossed his hair back. Yeah. 
I mean, like, how would you know how what his descendants are doing at all? Well, I mean, I think as we learn this this chapter, everyone kind of knows, and there's songs about mm. it and everything. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so this first guy comes in. He mm-hmm. is a Kardashian. <laughs> it's not what it says. <laughs> it says Kardashian. Yeah. Um, but you know, your 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 mind just goes there. I'm still thrown off whenever anyone in Dune comes from anywhere other than the three planets we hear about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if someone comes up and they're like, oh, I'm a Kardashian. It's like, who? <laughs> are, what? Get out of here. Like, I'm sorry. Are you from Arrakis or Getty Prime or Seleucus Kendis or Kaladin or Ix? Well, like no? nine. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. All right. Uh, keep moving. where are you from it doesn't matter keep moving yeah uh but this dude just so we know so he yeah as Bo said he was he was he claims he was fed a dark drink and -hmm. then he got robbed so they only left him his clothes and his ballast set Mm -hmm. and (laughs) he's he's agreed to play for the court in exchange for them hearing his his petition so Jessica is just like, well, hello. Yeah. She's like, uh, oh, get a load of this guy. Well, we're, we're told that one, he's roughly 6'5", which, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he has, his eyes show that he's intelligent and alert and humorous. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. He's got long blonde hair, which apparently you all have, everyone has long hair on. Sure. Kadash or wherever they're from. Uh, he has a sense of virile strength. He's got, oh. he's broad chested got a little, little cinched waist. Nice. Uh, and even it. though he's wearing a gray hajj robe, it can't hide the fact that this is, this is all man. This is all man <laughs> and Jessica's here for it. <laughs> you know, Frank, you should have just read a romance novel. <laughs> Save yourself <laughs> all this effort. This is every duke. Every yeah. baron. Mm-hmm. There's never a baron, every... though. Yeah. I don't think I've ever read a romance where someone was a baron. No um, one good. Yeah, I'm trying I, to think, and I, I don't. It's just so always associated with bad. Yeah, I think that, you know, occasionally, like, a woman will, oh, the baron wants to marry you. I'm like, oh, no, mm-hmm. but I want to marry this other guy. I want to yeah. marry this one, the one with the tapered waist and the broad shoulders. <laughs> Not this the baron. The one that's six, six five, you know, that one? I mean, it sounds just like... And Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, he really does, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. Not bad, not hey, bad. His name Jessica. is uh, Tager Mahandis, which is a great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this guy, I don't know where he walked in from, and he's going to walk right out of our lives after this, but mm-hmm. uh, he's my new favorite character in all of Dune. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's not taking any of this shit seriously, but like, He's descended from merchant engineers. He's proud of his ancestry and himself. Like, Jessica, calm down. Yeah, she's like, they knew I would like him. So they put him in here on purpose. They made him the first one on purpose. So she's not sure if he's in on it. Because she's like, there has to be, there's a test here. Like, there's a trick or a test or something's going to happen. Because Ollie is just like, oh, Lady Jessica will take care of this one. And she's like, yeah, thanks, daughter. Let's remind everyone that you are my They're kid. Just so awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what I would do if my mom ever just called me daughter. I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> Why did you say that? <laughs> There's just something about it. As yeah. T- unless it's. I mean, there there are circumstances where I could hear it being said in a funny way, but mm-hmm. if she was just saying like, oh, thank you, daughter. I'd be like, oh my god, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, just checking my phone texts, like, did I send her something? What the heck happened? <laughs> uh, so she's, Jessica's very chill about the fact that this might be a trap, though. She's just like, all right, babe, whatever. Like, tell mm-hmm. me what your issue is. He he also says that he plays as well as Gurney, which I feel like yeah. there's a double meaning in that. He calls him the great Gurney Halleck. Oh, boy. He is milking this. Mm-hmm. Uh... And every and he's you know he's got a big booming voice and everyone's just like yeah. oh hey this guy it's like okay <laughs> everyone I'm surprised Alia wasn't just like yeah you hello <laughs> I'll take this one too uh, so he wants transport money 
That's all yeah. that he wants is uh, he wants money to get off the planet. Cause he wants to go to Seleucia Secundus. He wants to go and play for Faradin's court because he hears that he supports the arts yeah. and wants to build a big cultivated like, renaissance life. Yeah. Not like some people. Yeah, that's very much the tone. He's like, well, some places appreciate culture and music and art and things like that. Not this place, but some places. So Jessica says, all right, well, here we go. Fremen terms. Uh, play something right now. If I like it, then maybe we'll keep you. <laughs> to, I believe she, to smooth away her cares. <laughs> She's so terrible. This is Jessica's trying to get this stuff accomplished. But yeah. we had a paragraph about how tall and hot and built this dude was. So, <laughs> And all through Jessica's eye. Like, this wasn't a, like, overarching description or just a general kind of you know here is a new mm -hmm. character we are describing him this was entirely like jessica going hello yeah um and she says but if i don't like it i might send you to the desert to work for it to work for your money mm -hmm. or you know if i think something for it's something that Faradin would like i'll send you there yeah and he's just then he just he's one of those he like throws his head back and just laughs i'm surprised jessica yeah. isn't just like i could just take this guy. <laughs> He's just very like in in a very sort of classical, like stereotypical kind of like hello a man has appeared. And <laughs> Jessica's just like, well, alright. Yeah. You know I like a manly man. A capital M man. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I think something very unfair. Uh, <laughs> And it was just if this was based in the movie universe. She's just like, you are a foot taller than my husband was. We love you, Oscar. We Aww. love you. You're not 6'5". Uh, <laughs> He's still perfect. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so he sings a song. <laughs> oh boy, this song. Mama Sita. All right, I'm reading the song. Again, not okay. singing. I also don't have a bow set, so I mean, I can't really get it across, but we'll just read this as we would. I'll, I'll, play, I'll put some bow set music in behind you. <laughs> Whatever that is. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> Ukulele. Sitar? I don't know <laughs> what the closest thing is. Wouldn't it be hilarious if the bow set was just basically a ukulele? <laughs> if I could play my daughter's ukulele, I would go get it right now. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm the moment you say you long for Caledon seas where once you ruled Atreides without surcease but exiles dwell in stranger lands you say twere bitter men so rude to sell your dreams of shy halud for tasteless food and exiles dwell in stranger lands you make Arrakis grow infirm silence the passage of the worm and end your term as exiles dwell in stranger lands. Alia, they name you Coatin, that spirit who is never seen until... And Alia's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, Alia's heard enough. She's I like, like how it's uh... both catchy and also kind of feels like at any point it's going to turn into a really dirty limerick. Mm-hmm. There was going to be I a mean... part in there about her cucking Duncan Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> if we kept it going. Yeah. <laughs> it was going to, there was going to be something about, you know, Horns. riding other swords or something. <laughs> oh, goodness. Poor Duncan. Duncan just walks in at this point and he's like, I would never use my sword sexually. That is very unsafe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, Duncan, it was a, uh, okay, it was not, okay. it was a metaphor. Yeah, <sighs> let's just calm down. Take your pill. <laughs> he's like, I don't, it's not logical to say that my sword is also my penis. I don't. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, Spock. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you oh, could never Lord. tell Spock a dirty limerick. No. God, oh my god. <laughs> Just be like, I do not understand why this had to take place in Nantucket. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. He would know it's for the it's for rhyming purposes. I know, but still, I like to pretend. <laughs> I like to imagine. <laughs> uh, I mean, original Spock would have. There were moments. Oh yeah, for sure. Original, original recipe think... Spock bro broke out. Yeah, I think original Spock was the horniest Spock. Honestly, he most definitively was. Mm -hmm. I mean, we literally saw new Spock have a relationship, 
but 60 yeah. Spock was still the horniest. Mm-hmm. There's like seven episodes of that show solely devoted to either him having to fuck or people just wanting to fuck him. And he's sometimes yeah, just mean. sort of like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know I guess. why, but like Leonard Nimoy, mm, like he's a great dude and everything, but like not my type. But then oh. Spock, very much <laughs> like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Not Ballad of Bilbo Baggins video. Oh anymore. my god. <laughs> I wish she'd sung a song about Dune. Oh god, yeah. That would have been amazing. So, Alia's flipping out. Mm-hmm. Jessica's just like, Jessica uses the voice. She's <laughs> like, yeah. sit down. <laughs> yeah. Jessica's, she's just kind of already done. And the day's just getting started. So it's interesting because... On the one hand, Jessica can tell that Alia knew something like this was going to happen. That she's not as upset as she could be. But I think she's also like, but I still didn't have to like it. Yeah. He was calling me Coatin. Yeah. Uh, which means the female death spirit who walks without feet. Oh, well, thank you for clearing that up. Because I, I honestly was wondering. <laughs> That's horrible. I wouldn't want to be called that either. No, not in a song. <laughs> And not when you're in charge. I mean, you have to be ready for a certain amount of, of blowback, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I would be like, excuse me? Of all mm-hmm. things. <laughs> uh, That's very specific. It is. And Jessica's basically like, you know, we're going to send you to House Carino. Because as much as I think that it would be good to have you around, wink. Uh, mm-hmm. But also because we kind of need this. It's like, you know, why there were court jesters, like. You need to have the air prick daddy every so often. Um, mm-hmm. But we're going to send you there because I think that, you know, you might as well go do that to Fradden. Yeah. He's just like, what? <laughs> it's Fradden, he wouldn't know. He'd be like, yeah. what was this song about? <laughs> She's kind of like, you can take your barbed tongue over there to Seleucus Secundus and entertain them. And she's just like, look, he didn't call you anything. He just repeated what people are already saying. And you know that unless you've decided to not listen to anyone who tells you anything negative, which is not healthy and not a good way to be a ruler. Mm-hmm. And she says, if you put away those who report accurately, you'll keep only those who know what you want to hear. I can think of nothing more poisonous than to rot in the stink of your own reflections. And everyone's just like, oh, Mom, so harsh. This is an uncomfortable situation for everyone to be in. Like, no one knows where to look. (laughs) Except, what's his face here? Mohandas, who's just like, hello. I'm still here. (laughs) Um, She has to think about how that's... He's definitely the kind of guy that Leto would have wanted around, which is like Mm -hmm. Jessica. (laughs) I mean, Gurney, yes, Gurney plays the battle set, but he also does other stuff. Like, what Mm -hmm. does this guy bring into the table, except that he's super tall? (laughs) sometimes that's really you know enough yeah i mean depending on you know everyone else because i don't know if we get you know in our heights for everybody yeah the dune the dune uh wiki is is less uh all-encompassing than say wikipedia which will give you the heights of everyone that ever (laughs) walked across a star wars screen um but in this case uh we don't know, so we'll assume that he's, you know, pretty tall over there. Uh, he, he's, she's just like, okay, why did you sing that? He said, well, I heard that the Atreides were honorable and open-minded, and I thought maybe I'd be able to, like, you know, stay here with you, and then I could figure out who robbed me. And Ollie's like, you can't use us. <laughs> we use people. Yeah. So then at that point, she's just like... She realizes that he wasn't in on it. So she's just like, all right, you know, peace out. Like, good luck. Yeah. Go go, give him his money and send him on his way. Mm-hmm. And then he's gone. Goodbye. Yep. Goodbye. To Never to be seen again. Mwah. You were beautiful. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe he shows up. I mean, there may be parts in Seleucus Secundus that I'm not remembering because I don't think he does anything. Like, maybe he, like, shows up in a corner and is like, here's a song. Um... <laughs> If it turns out that he's like comes back all the time, I'm gonna be like, where were you in all of my <laughs> memories of this book that I have read several times? <laughs> right. But that Maybe has happened you to just me before. Horny enough yet? 
It's, maybe I was not at, yet at a point in my life where I was just sort of going, say. I mean, it's really difficult to read Dune and be like, mm-hmm. It absolutely is. These, yeah. there is a mindset that I think some people have and some people don't. And it is, you know, it's kind of the fanfic mindset where some things set that off in your brain if you have that. You know, you read something and you think, ooh, I like these characters. Like, that'd be fun to do something in this world or, you know, interact with that. And even if you don't actually write fan fiction, you just, you can think about it. You can think like, oh, if I was in, you know, Battlestar Galactica, like, oh, this, you know, if I made a character for that, you know. Dune, you're yeah. just like, nope. <laughs> it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> Dune and The Walking Dead, I guess. Once again, yeah. a parallel. No, well, people write a lot of Walking Dead fan fiction. It's mostly That's about true. having sex with Daryl. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just one of these things where I look at my own brain and I think of myself when I was a teenager. I was very into like writing fan fiction, and I think I wrote fan fiction for basically every piece of media that I ever consumed, except. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. I'm just writing like the Pretender fan fiction, but not Dune. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no. Mm. Nope. Like, none but there of this. Is fanfic. There is, there is. I'm just, I just find it interesting that never once has it inspired a scrap oh, of that kind yeah. of. In you. Personally. Creativity in me. But there is, yeah. yeah, there is definitely Dune fan fiction. So, I mean, uh, some people read these and are like, mm, mm hmm. I think a lot of it is about the miniseries. I think a lot of it is just about James McAvoy. <laughs> I mean. I mean. And you've seen those gifts from British Bake Off. I have. Hello, hmm, <laughs> sir. We love a man that bakes. That's just, that's all we're saying. Mm-hmm. We love yep. a person who bakes. Does anyone? Honestly. Yep. In, any person. So Jessica's is like, well, this was fun. Who's next? <laughs> Bring yeah. it on. <laughs> oh, it's oh, also boy. important that we had a little moment where they're on two thrones that are next to each other. But... Yes. Ollie is sitting in the right-hand one, which is the masculine one. Which gets get over it. Like, okay. It's a throne. Yeah. <laughs> there are two identical thrones. There are no sides. There are no gendered sides. <laughs> Ridiculous. The whole gender thing. Can we all just calm down about it? Thank you. So this 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 guy walks in. This new supplicant, and he is. I almost called him a succulent. Uh, which he would not appreciate, given no. what he's here to talk about. <laughs> uh, he is a Fremen. He's, like, clear from the desert. He's old school. Yeah. He is a Nabe. Yep. And let me see. I think I wrote down his name in the show notes. Uh, Al-Fali. Yeah. Nah, he was uh, one of the Death Commandos, which I feel like they all are. I don't know. They're... I appreciate that they, you know, are coming forward and being like, look, I did this. There were so many of us. But sometimes it gets mm. a little like, also, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone, everyone wasn't at Normandy, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, hmm. He says, I'm here concerning a matter of the desert. And all he's just like, hmm? Hmm? What? Yeah. I didn't know there was any like... desert talk on the agenda today. <laughs> yeah, Jessica's like, I'm guessing he lied about why he was here to see me because like as soon as he says that it seems like one of the priests is like hey stop that man okay and he's waving what is called the black cloth of intercession and i love that they have basically <laughs> cards he's like red card it? oh my god like what no mm-mm. <laughs> the black cloth of intercession it's the speaking the speaking conch <laughs> like he's just like nope 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 <laughs> Don't listen to him. He was lying. It's like, uh, what is that um, thing that they do with the flags? Semaphore? Yeah. Yeah. He's just, but he's like also be. running in, waving it, which is very troll in the dungeon. <laughs> like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. It's very extra. It's a lot. Uh, and then stuff starts to happen. Yes. It's not the most clearly written scene. Because it's very much like, this happened, and then this happened, and then Jessica had a hole in her sleeve. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like so, you were saying, action scenes are hard to read. Yeah. Yeah. So Jessica starts watching the priest, because he's clearly doing this run up and is 
half like, well, we didn't know this was going to happen at all. Also, it's a distractionary tactic. But she sees out of the corner of her eye, Alia signaling the Atreides battle language and saying now. Uh, she can't tell who she's signaling to, but she jumps to the left, just in mm-hmm. the whole throne, like the whole thing. She's just like, nope, something's <laughs> happening. So she lurches to the left. She hears a pistol. Now we have pistols, apparently. <laughs> okay. Dune, I don't know. Man, you guys gotta <laughs> keep some consistency with me. It's yeah. like a pellet gun, basically. But uh, she hears it a couple times, but she's already moving. Uh, she gets, sh- yeah, her sleeve gets shot, but luckily, you know, she was wearing robes. So, mm-hmm. uh, so Al Fali thinks it was directed at him. He's just like down there, like, try to shoot me, will you? And she's like, no, they were trying to shoot me. <laughs> he freaking chops this guy in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's and he's immediately like that priest is dying. He like collapsed his <laughs> trachea. Yeah. And he's just like, look, I will not be silenced. Just because like they weren't trying to kill you, but they're trying to kill me. And the, they were obviously like poison pellets. Mm-hmm. And. She's just like, okay, can we try to keep the priest alive? Because I need to talk to him uh, yeah. about what is happening. And and keep the pistol because it can be traced. She and Al, Al Fali start Al Fali. Yeah. Like, doing kind of bat-to-bat like battle, battle stance. She's like, you know, we know what to do. Uh, and then there's this woman who is a city Fremen who was next to the priest and starts doing like basically like a death keening because he's he's dead and it's just because it's like you clearly killed him (laughs) oh my god (laughs) like this is the most disingenuous thing that's ever happened (laughs) you you killed him and she's just like you know he was obviously going to die so the fact that this woman killed him anyway means that they're scared like they were so desperate for him not to be questioned not to have anyone talk to him uh, so and Jessica ain't happy. She's pissed. One of Alia's guards is just like, oh yeah, he's dead. So Alia says, well, get him out of here. Put my mom's throne back. Like, let's keep going. She's like, wait a minute. No, we are <laughs> not just wipe- washing this away. So they have this little, she and Alfeli have a little conversation where mm-hmm. he, she, he's just like, look, you know, I'm really sorry, but like we, we, wanted to come to you because we don't know what else to do about the situation that's happening in the desert. And she's just like, yeah. And also my daughter sucks at trying to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) And he also points out that she says, well, why didn't you come to me when I was in the desert? Like when I was visiting my grandkids and he's just like, Mm -hmm. Stilgar wouldn't let me. And she's like, okay, (laughs) that's not great. That rascal. Oh, so she tells him, like, look, find that lady and those other two people who were supposed to be watching the priest and, like, get them. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, no worries. Like, I'm on it. So then they she realizes the pistol is gone and all. He's just like, oh, yeah, uh, one of my guards has it. So it's gone. Don't worry about it. And Jessica just full on is like, mm, that's convenient. Since you're trying to kill yeah. me. She was like, uh, the person who took it. OK, well, she's dead. And Ollie is like, nuh-uh. She says, well, I told, I told two of your people to keep that priest alive. And that if he died, the traitor priest, because it was the priest who was shooting. Uh, and that if he died, they died. So they got to die. And Ollie's like, no one's going to die. You're not <laughs> doing that. We need to stop talking about this right here. We need to listen to this guy. Yeah, listen to him. <laughs> Which you can tell she's kind of at a loss because she's just like, yeah, this guy, he had some issue with me. I don't know. Whatever. Like, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and his his whole thing is, uh, you got to stop making Arrakis green because the worms are dying and it's going to kill everybody, basically. And Ollie's just like, yeah, it, that's fine. There's always going to, like, this was what Kynes wanted. We're just doing what Kynes wanted. And he's just like. Oh, Jessica's like, well, okay, but the worms are dying? That's not good. That's, wait, hold on, we didn't know about that part. And she says, well, it's fine. There's always going to be some desert for worms. Like, what do they need it for? 
Like these worms are so huge and always just like, I don't know, there'll be like a square foot that they can all live in <laughs> together and it'll be really great for them. Yeah. And Jessica's just like, um, that's not how it works. Yeah. He also refers to Alia as the mother of moisture, which is terrible. I thought he was calling Jessica though. No, no. Uh, or wait, no. Yes, he does because he says he's speaking to the mother of moisture, not the Coentine. Yeah, Aww. I really do. I hate this. This I hate mother of moisture, <laughs> Megan. It's terrible. It sounds like a really bougie, uh, all natural skincare line. I guess, but ugh. like you'd buy it at Wegmans and it would cost $25 for mm. a little night cream. Sure. Like all night cream, frankly. <laughs> um, it's very expensive, folks, and I really don't know why. Mm-mm. You can buy like oil of Olay with sunscreen in it for like six bucks and it lasts yeah. 18 years. Uh, but <laughs> night cream, they're like, I don't know, it's super. So rich that it costs sixteen dollars, and you yeah. get a little tub of it, but yeah. you have to cover yourself in it every night. Like, oh, good. So this is middle age. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> help us, help us, mother of moisture. You're our only hope. Ah. <laughs> uh, so also at this point, Jessica realizes that Alia is possessed by the Baron. Yeah. She notices her tapping her fingers in a way that the Baron used to. I guess everyone knows this. Yeah, since as far as we know, they never met. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's in a... I mean, you know, she was in House of Treaties. They would know, like, everything there is to know about their enemy, I guess. That's so... St- I don't want to know that about my enemy. I don't need to know their <laughs> tap. I mean, I guess it works out here, but... Yeah. This is always stuff that throws me in movies because they try to do this a lot where a character has a thing and sometimes I pick up on it and sometimes I'm like, why did they just zoom in on that? <laughs> oh, right, because he did it when he was... Okay. <laughs> I think the only... I mean, I now, of course, I can't think of any examples except for ones I've I've seen, but I just... I do know that there have been times that I'm like, but... Oh, right, that <laughs> was the way that... Sure. <laughs> I think it was the one that, for me, was the most, like, well, come on now, was in uh, Count of Monte Cristo, and he twirls his hair. Mm. And she's just like, oh, my God. It's like, you didn't <laughs> recognize him? Because I, I don't know if you know this, but he looks exactly like that guy that yeah. you were with. <laughs> that I you mean, had little no, baby Henry he Cavill with. He has facial hair, Megan. He has facial hair now, and he a big house, and he wears a lot of elaborate robes. Yeah, oh man, so many great robes in that movie. He comes out of a hot air balloon. It's amazing! (laughs) I'm so rich, oh my god, I haven't seen that movie in so long, but I just remember that hot air balloon. I just highly endorse it. It's a great time. Like, if you've never seen The Count of Monte Cristo, I think it came out in, like, 2004, I want to say, maybe. Um, Excellent. An excellent film. A fun time. Uh, I feel like Guy Pearce being a jerk. It was Jim Caviezel. I just am not, like, the biggest fan of his, but he's well, really good in that movie. He's good in that movie. Uh, little baby Henry Cavill is in it. I mean, I say baby. He's, like, my age, so I think, you know, we were the same <laughs> age at the time. But he, he, he's definitely one of those people that all of a sudden was, like, 19 and looked 12. 30, yeah. Oh, and then turned the 22 and was like, <laughs> I'm 30 now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's supposed to be like 17 or something in that movie, and it's not unbelievable. It's not like Henry Cavill now if they were like, this is my 17-year-old son. Like, oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Like that entire flashback in Man of Steel where he was like, I'm going to college. Like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. I know we wanted to do these flashbacks of young Clark, but uh (laughs) uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, Henry. (laughs) Dad, I just graduated high school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Okay. They should have got Tom Welling to do those, except Tom Welling looks older than Henry Cavill. And Tom Welling was, like, 27 when he was on Smallville. Yeah. (laughs) God, I had such a crush. Anyway. I think the only time they've ever ever done that was the original, like, the first Superman movie, when they were just like, just get a young guy, and we'll just dub Christopher Reeve's voice over it, and then he'll become (laughs) Christopher Reeve, and it'll be fine. Everyone will, it's fine. 
we're not putting Christopher Reeve in like a football jersey <laughs> and having him be like, I'm a teen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they like they do with, so with Paul's. Yeah. Like they do with Paul Atreides frequently. Which is why we're so just like, hey, Timothy Chalamet, I know you're actually an adult man, but we're going to pretend you're a teen because you at least yeah. look reasonably teen. Yeah, he really does. I know. And I know the kids, <laughs> the kids, they love him. And uh, it's, again, terrible TikTok because me so. he is an adult man, mm-hmm. but he just looks so baby. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks like a, a sullen, you know, high school kid. And I'm sure he's a lovely young man, but I have mm-hmm. definitely reached the point in my life where I call people a lovely young man. So <laughs> I I feel like I have reached the Jessica Fletcher portion of life. Oh my god. Yeah, I've skipped straight. Straight through. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. I never got the Terry Hatcher in Desperate Housewives phase. I just went from oh. like young woman straight to retired housefrau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. no. It's it's the world we live in. I mean, who has the time <laughs> and the energy? Yeah, exactly. Um, so she yeah. knows that Jess, she knows that Alia has been possessed by the Baron. Mm. And again, well, I know that there isn't, they know that there isn't anything you can do. Like, mm-hmm. it's not as if when they talk about the trial of possession, it's really just a proving tactic. It's not like an exorcism. Yeah, she's going to die either way. So, but it, just the fact that Jessica full on is like, oh, Ollie is possessed by the Baron. That's why she's doing all this stuff. Fuck my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Alia, you suck. It's like, uh, but she, mm. no, Jessica, you are the one who sucks. Alia even says that, you know, I'm the one, he goes, he's the one that answered. Yeah. And obviously that's primarily the Baron talking because he other he also calls her a treaty's bitch, which is classic mm. Baron. Um, yeah, sweet guy. But yeah, great dude. Yeah, loves Grandpa his of the children. Year. Yeah, father of the year. Uh, <laughs> but he's yeah, just the fact that even though he's definitely also saying, well, like it's me, like I'm the one who came forward. It's still partially Alia being like, yeah, I was going nuts and no one mm-hmm. came to help me and his was the loudest voice the worst voice but the loudest one yeah sad. And it's sad it's so sad it makes me so angry but jessica's like ugh. she's not nearly repentant enough for me no and she's also just like hey i know everyone thinks that i ran off and rejoined the betty jesuit but uh, no, I'm totally Fremen. Love you guys. <laughs> Convenient how you're always Fremen when you're about, when yeah. your life is in danger. <laughs> Suddenly, yeah, she's just like, I've, you know, the Fremen saved me and my son. I've always been, I've been Fremen since that day. Um, She speaks some in their older tongue and says like, you know, anyone you know, this is the only person, she's like, Alfeli is the only person who came to talk to me and tell me the truth. And, you know, now we all have to realize that these environmental changes are bad. Like, this is, they're out of control, and my daughter loves it. Yeah. It's Because my daughter is not my daughter. And I like that part of her accusation to Alia is she laughs alone at night in contemplation of her own evil. (laughs) Like, okay, does she? Maybe. I don't think she's alone at night, wink. Yeah. But it was just this, like, that's what you're gonna, you're having this big statement, and you're trying to get people to, like, rally to your side, and your big thing is, well, she sits alone in her room and is evil and laughs about it. (laughs) She's into it. I mean, she is into it at the moment. (laughs) She definitely is. You know, she says she delights in it, and she does, you know, as, you know, with the Baron, she, she definitely does. But yeah, she's just laughing, laughing alone in the room. And so she it, says, like, we're, spice production is going to collapse. Yeah. If there are no worms, there is no spice. And but the thing is, is that the Baron's, like, happy about it? Because Alia yells, we'll have a corner on the most priceless product in the universe. Mm-hmm. And Jessica says... We'll have a corner on hell. Hell, yeah. Oh, it was... That was pretty good, I won't lie. 
I think they keep that. That's kept in the miniseries. That's in Children of Dune. And getting yeah. to hear Alice Creasy yell, we'll have a corner on hell, was amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, she's so good anyway. I could well, watch yeah. her in anything. Uh, and have. I've seen all of those Princess Diary things. Not Princess Diaries, the Christmas Prince. That's movies. right. Yeah. She's like yeah. The, the queen mother. Yeah. I've never actually seen any of those. I've only seen what? their uh, cameo appearance in the Christmas Switch 2. Oh, okay. Well, they're fun. I, I don't care if anyone judges me for that. They're I just never, fun. I've just never seen them. Yeah. Uh, so, Alia just, just immediately, she starts speaking the ancient Atreides battle language. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, yeah, whatever. Now you know. Yeah. Like, this is where she says, he's the only one that ever answered me, so you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, and this Jessica's is a you just problem. like, huh. <laughs> so instead, she, so Jessica at this point is like, well, I'm just supposed to stay here and be helpless, but I'm not going to do that, you know. And she calls all the people. She's like, Fadakin, everybody, come with me. And then there's like five of them. But hey, it's still a big move. Yeah. And that's the end of that chapter. Yeah. More exciting stuff happens in that one only because the second chapter is about the twins. And there's only so much that, like, kids are doing where I'm just like, uh-huh. Yeah. And it's super short. It's like, very there's short. There's really nothing to it. So should we get into it? Let's get into it. So this one, okay, so this epigraph is from Words of an Ancient Philosopher. So already my favorite things. Oh, Yeah. Uh, attributed by Hark El Ada to one Louis Veliot. I don't know who this French guy is. Um, I don't know if that's like a real philosopher. If it is, I apologize for not. I don't actually apologize. Uh, my husband has a philosophy degree. I do not. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a real person. But here is his words. Anyway, when I am weaker than you, I ask you for freedom because that is according to your principles. When I am stronger than you, I take away your freedom because that is according to my principles. Hmm. Deep, man. It's, it's got layers. Less. I feel like the first one had a little more to do with the chapter than this one does. This one is just kind of like, I don't know. It sounded good. Mm-hmm. I'm looking up this guy. Watch him be like the most famous philosopher that ever lived. And I'm just like, oh, no, not Louis Vuitton. <laughs> That's but, my favorite ancient philosopher. <laughs> oh no, he's a French journalist. Okay. Who held eighteen thirteen to eighteen eighty three? I figured as much. Oh, was a French journalist and author who helped to popularize ultramontanism, a philosophy favoring papal supremacy. Ah, oh. uh, he was on Tradcath Twitter for sure. <laughs> I like that the sections on his Wikipedia are career overview, anti semitism. I mean, you'd find that the people that are into that kind of philosophy usually do have that subheading in there. Yeah, well, I mean, but then, okay, so I will say this. It actually then plays a little more, I would think, into not necessarily this chapter, but into Dune as a whole, because Mm. ultramontanism is saying that, you know, the Pope can do everything. It's not just... He's not just infallible in matters of spirituality, but in matters of government as well, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is not a thing that people are are tech are very into, uh, generally speaking. So mm-hmm. that is a very, you know, one of the many themes of the themes of Dune, Dune themes, which <laughs> is uh, religion and politics and religion and government. And mm-hmm. oh, well, thanks for um, explaining that to me, because we've I all honestly... learned did not know. We've all learned something today. Oops. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anytime you go to anyone's Wikipedia and there's a section that is either controversy or, yeah, anti-Semitism, racism. Yeah. Like, like ooh. <laughs> Misogyny. <laughs> hmm. Uh, although I do like when controversy sometimes is just something like, oh, once they tweeted a bad word when they were talking about, <laughs> like, they were doing a Disney Q&A. And you're like, yeah. oh. Uh, all right juicy yeah (laughs) what a meaty story that was must have been a slow news day well that's why all all celebrity like you know gossip is always either 
oh, this person was seen having lunch with this person, or it's the army hammer shit. Yeah. And you're just like, uh-oh. There's no in-between. <laughs> like, I just thought maybe we could get an in-between of, like, somebody had an argument at the Met Gala, but okay. <laughs> Yikes. That's, yeah, that's the tea I want spilled. Yeah, really. I really just need, like, a nice level, like... God, uh, remember when Solange, like, went off on Jay-Z in the elevator? Yes! Like, that oh just, God. like, you do... And now, like, knowing why? Uh, or, I think it was at a Met gala that somebody like was doing like a live Instagram just like a scan around of like oh you know mm. I'm here at the Met gala and here's who I'm with I forget who it was I think it was maybe like Sarah Paulson because she does a lot of Instagram lives mm. but uh, Janelle Monet was there and somebody off camera definitely asks her where Tessa Thompson was and she makes a face like do not ask me about Tessa Thompson and then oh, Sarah right. Paulson just like scrolls past that it's like no Sarah go back <laughs> I'm glad you're having a lovely time at the Met Gala. I love you. But can you go back to what was happening? Yeah. That's how we knew they'd broken up. Yeah, it was. Hmm. Uh, But yeah. Not that it's any of my business. It's not our business at all. Yeah. But frankly, I sometimes I just want to be like, oh, wow, that other thing happened to a person and not (laughs) anyone I know or myself. Yeah. And... Yeah, and again, it's one of these things where I would like to hope that they're both reasonable people. And yeah, it sucks when you break up, but sometimes it happens. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be necessarily a bad, you know, like a big, huge blowout for you just not want to hear about it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had perfectly reasonable breakups where you just don't want someone asking you where the person is. It's like, don't ask Mm -hmm. me that. But uh, it's... It's nicer than when you're just like, oh, and have we mentioned that this person apparently, like, beats women? It's like, oh! Oh, yeah. Could, oh, no, I didn't know that, and great. This is the perfect time for me to recommend the Alan V. Farrow doc on HBO. It's really well done. I'm sure it is, but I just can't. Yeah. Um... But I don't think it would surprise anyone to know whose side we're on in that particular uh, no. <laughs> thing. Um, so there's a skeleton butterfly in this, apparently, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds boss. It does. It sounds amazing. Uh, Lido is just like, all right, we're sneaking out. We're just a couple <laughs> of kids on the run. Yeah. It's so cute. They've got their little, they're like, uh, you know. Little red riding hoods. They've got their little cloaks in their basket. And... Yeah, they're they're trying to blend in because they're heading to, there's an apricot orchard. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, little Fremen kids go and, and pick the apricots. So they're trying to sneak in amongst the little workers. And so they've got, I guess, that you know, it's like their lunch bags. But it's these little mm-hmm. baskets. Um, and it they have, it's their, well, it's their fruit baskets to, like, supposedly pick the fruit. But inside... Mm-hmm. They have these little packages that are their friend kits. Yep. They too have pistols because now the children are also armed with guns. <laughs> uh, Chris knives, of course, because the children are also armed with knives. Poison but these are Fremen tipped. children. Yeah. And those new robes that they were sent. Yeah. Those mysterious new robes. And they have their still suit masks on. So they're kind of, you know, interchangeable with the other kids. Except at, like, some point, I'm sure someone noticed that they were not actually picking any apricots. And they were just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but they are sneaking out. Um, again, the predator fish are mentioned. They're going to, like, what they're doing basically is they're going to get into, like, the tunnel and walk through the water. Yeah. And... No one, they know that it'll take a while for anyone to, to think that that's what they did because most Fremen are not going to go in the, like, immerse themselves in water. So mm-hmm. it's not even going to be a risk. Occur to them. Yeah. Uh, so basically they are just like, here's our plan. And our plan is <laughs> we're going to sit out in the desert and wait for whatever's going to happen to happen. Hooray. Yeah. This is our plan. Yeah, that's pretty, they're much like, they're pretty much just like, I mean, it's going to happen either way, so let's just get it over with, I guess. And, like, Ghani even goes to the trouble to, like, sew their motto onto the cloaks or whatever. Yeah. We share is their motto, yeah. by the way. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh. 
I just if I if I had more than one child and they were like, we have a motto. Our motto is we share. I'd be like, okay. I mean, okay. it's a great message, but also boarding I'm a little school. suspicious. Separate boarding schools. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is not going to continue. Like we're breaking <laughs> this up right now, Jamie and Cersei. Like move it along. <laughs> oh my god. Which would just make them angrier because they're like, no, we have consistently indicated that that is not the case. Like, you know what? I don't care. Still don't care. Um, yeah. It's you a can be weird. You could be too close and not actually be doing that there, you know. Mm-hmm. So let's just keep it apart. Let's, you're a little codependent. So. Just a touch. Uh, I like there's just a random band. <laughs> uh Okay, so this is the most random little creepy-ass part, which I do love about Dune, is that sometimes it's like Frank <laughs> just had this idea where he was just like, hey, what about this? So <laughs> they pass these Fremen who are playing music, basically yeah. up in one of the like holes in the side of the, the mountain, like the cliff wall, so that it, you know, it just yeah. kind of sprinkles out, you can hear it. And it's so some flutes, tambourines... Uh, and cool. then to panty drums, which are on spiced plastic drums with skins stretched across one end. <laughs> no one asked what animal on this planet provided that much skin. Oh. Ooh, I mean, once he got the water, what yeah. are you going to do? Uh, but it's just like, okay, Fremen. <laughs> you guys. Uh, so Slato's just like, well, Stilgar's going to remember what I told him about how we climbed into that cleft in the attendant before. He will come looking for us, but it'll be it'll be over. Like it'll be too late mm-hmm. by then. Yeah. So there. I like they, this part though. That I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, I like no, no. This no part please. that he's just like, they're they're moving through these rocks, and he's. I think the the narration says like you know he um he was thinking with his father's mind or something like yeah. That. And so, they get they they, put on the new robes. They, uh... Like, they totally know it's a trap. Yeah. Yeah. They strap on their weapons and everything. They can't hear the music anymore. So they walk out, and they just sort of are like, all right, well, what do we think is going to happen? And Leto's... I like this conversation they have where Leto says, well, it'll be a predatory animal. Like, Mm -hmm. that's my computation. And Connie's just like, I think you stopped computing too soon. It's definitely going to be more than one animal. (laughs) Yeah. Like, House Carino is not... Well, she uses all their hopes into a single bag. But she means eggs in a basket, and they just don't have that idiom. Because (laughs) they don't have eggs. I don't know. They don't have enough eggs. Um, That's not a world I want to live in. No. I love eggs. Uh, Leto here, uh, his mind feels heavy with all the lives, which Mm. is fair. He is kind of... I like this. There he says he was saturated with living. I love that like, turn of phrase. Uh, I'm like, I that's, think that's amazing. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And so they both are just like, all right, so we're waiting. <laughs> they don't we're have waiting. to wait long, though. No, because the sun goes down. And, you know, they're just like, well, all right, we're just going to move down to the cleft in the rock and at this point, at this point, Leto's just like, you know, we might actually die. <laughs> Guy's yeah. like, well, I mean, this is I what guess. we got to do. Like, it's our only chance. Um, so they see the movement beneath them. They see that below them. They see what it is. It's laser tigers. Laser tigers. Laser tigers are here. Because again, Leto's just like, it's tigers, laser tigers. <laughs> and she's just like, all right, well, they see us and the gun is there. Our pistols are not going to stop them. Uh, they're trained for this. Yeah. And Leto's like, well, there's going to be a human somewhere around who's directing them. That's how this works. Yeah. Um. So they start just like trying to avoid to get to their little cavern where they can hide and they won't be able mm-hmm. to be reached by the tigers. And Unless... they're just both like, if we trip, if we stumble, that's the end of it. And yeah. They're just running. And that's where we end. Yeah. We end Look with children on... being chased through the desert by laser tigers. Dune. Laser tiger. 
Family friendly classic Dune. <laughs> Children of Dune. <laughs> Just rename it Family Therapy. The kids love it. The kids love Dune. <laughs> oh, what a couple of chapters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, moving on. Because that was... I feel like that last <laughs> chapter is fairly unremarkable. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely building up. But again, it's yeah. it's just one of these where then it's like, and then it's a new <laughs> chapter. Like, ah. Exactly. Frank was not anticipating chapter by chapter podcasts <laughs> when he wrote this. <laughs> oh, God. No, I, I doubt it. So, um, hey, we got some mail. We did. Mm. We got an email. Yes, it really made my day. Yes, it did. Uh, Mine too. Yeah. So should I read it? You should. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Megan and Bo, first off, thank you for this podcast. I recently demolished the book series through God Emperor, Wolf, (laughs) and have been devouring your podcast. It is so refreshing to have a different take on this series. Plus, you tend to notice Frank's sass and weirdness way more than I did when I was reading the books. I laugh out loud in my office constantly to the point where people in neighboring rooms come and check on me. Also, I 100% love hearing your tangents and encourage them to continue. Well, thank God for this episode. Yeah, I'm not super aware of pop culture, but your side rants keep me informed and also give me books and shows to add to my watch list. Many thanks to that. Lastly, I'm sad that I can't enter your contest for the swag and book. Damn my aversion to Twitter. But I did want to let you know that I've had no luck in searching for your Insta account. Well, that we can fix. Anywho, this is all to say thank you and please keep going. I'm very excited for you to get to God Emperor. Have a great day and let that spice flow. Yeah. Regards, Corey. Thank, thank you. you. Corey, we love this email. It made our day. Oh my God, I read it first. And I was yeah. just like, Bo, check email. Bo. <laughs> Oh. Bo is just trying to like eat lunch. She's like, what? I, I forget I about the just... time difference sometimes. And I'll like yeah. try to message you something when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, it's 4 a.m. Oh, I mean, the thing is, is though, <laughs> I'm usually awake. No, there because... are times you answer me and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what are you doing awake at 4.30 in the morning? I don't sleep, okay? Mm. <laughs> um, Thank you so much, Corey. Yes. We love that. And if you reach out to us, maybe I'll send you a little something since you were averse <laughs> to Twitter. Which, I mean, God knows. I feel like I mm. should be some days. Absolutely. I absolutely. There are days when it's just good for your mental health to just not be on social media at all. It's so hard, though. <laughs> A day well, without and then, Instagram, I can't. Well, then there are days, like the day that I recently just wasn't on Twitter for most of the day between work and then doing some other stuff. And then when I do get on, you're just <laughs> tweeting about chair dogs. <laughs> and it was just I like, would... you know. <laughs> I was like, what's taking her so long? <laughs> you're like, did she block me? What's happening? Yeah, it was just one of those days that I realized at some point, I was like, I actually haven't been on Twitter. I'll just go to do, do, do. What's Bo up to? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I do love the thought of a tattoo <laughs> uh-huh. of Leto 2, like a pinup Leto 2, like walking a chair dog on a leash. Like, that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> In a really indivinable way. <laughs> That sounds like, did you ever see that show where people, like, design other people's tattoos? Oh, my God. And it's a nightmare. Yeah, Yeah, I only see clips that were on, like, Facebook. Facebook gives me the weirdest videos. It's worse than, I mean, I won't say worse, because my For You page on TikTok is (laughs) beautifully curated. But Facebook, when you click the, like, videos, yeah, it's... They send me, like, they show me the weirdest collection of stuff. I get tons of clips of British soap operas that I now, because this is how my brain works when I hyper fixate, I know so much about because I'll just be like, well, now I have to know who these people are. So then I'm on the Wikipedia page for freaking Hollyoaks and I'm just like, oh, now I know all this shit. And then 
they will show, yeah, like clips of shows that are just on random pages. Now the big thing is all these clips from various medical TV shows, like the fictional mm. ones, not not like real ones, like oh, The Good sure. Doctor and Chicago Med and all those. But they have to like speed them up, the voices for copyright. <laughs> so I, one, don't know what any of these shows are. Two, they always give them these clickbait titles where it's just like her baby was going to have a danger. <laughs> and then the actual thing, because then I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? And it's just like, oh, her baby had, you know, scarlet fever because it's, you know, Chicago Med. So she got yeah. the weirdest strain of scarlet fever that ever came from, you know, the moon. And I'm just like, now I've ruined my entire algorithm because I looked at this <laughs> stupid thing. But okay. for a while, it was all clips of that TV show, which was they had one. I think they did one in America. I know they did for a fact. Because okay. uh, an actor who was on uh, Younger was one of the mm. hosts. And there's also a British version. But basically the whole idea of this, I don't even know what it's called, is that you go on this show with someone who is ostensibly your friend or loved one. Mm -hmm. And you each pick a tattoo to put on the other. Yeah. And no, they don't get to know what it is until the reveal at the end. Yeah. And this is and one of those shows where people are the shittiest to their friends and family. Oh, yeah. It's bad. Like, the one I always think of was there was a girl whose boyfriend had a tattoo on his back of his mother's face, which, oh, okay. His mother, not just as a clarification, not deceased or anything. Uh, so it's not as if she was like demeaning his memorial tattoo. It was just right. a picture of his mom. So her tattoo was a picture on his opposite shoulder blade of her face in a crown. Oh boy. Uh, I was going to say maybe, you know, the tattoo of your mom run, but like that sounds <laughs> even worse. I think my first instinct would just be that like they were deceased. Yeah. And I'd just be like, well, I, I don't want to say anything because, like, this person's got a tattoo of their parent who's passed away. And then if they're mm -hmm. just like, oh, no, these are my parents, I'd be like, oh, wait. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, see ya. <laughs> Interesting. Is that my phone ringing? And, but yeah, but it's it's definitely, like, one of these shows where, you know, you and I go on there and it's just like, oh, well, I just wanted to get it, you a tattoo that would commemorate all of our good times together. And it's, like, a time <laughs> I was sick. And I'm just like, oh, there's a tattoo on me of you know, someone throwing up. Like, thanks, Bo! <laughs> and they're always just like, I thought it was funny, because remember that time that we went to wherever and you got so hungover, and it's like, why would anyone want that? I would never do that to you, Megan. Ever. No, and I'd never do that to you. And it, But you I would probably... You. There would be some reference to a chair dog. It would be so small. I would not. Cause you, <laughs> I wouldn't, because I, I know you would not like that. But I'm just saying that this, the tattoo that you described, all yeah. of that to say, <laughs> look, we are still in a global panicata, everybody. I yeah. don't get to talk to a lot of grown-up people. I talk to my <laughs> four-year-old a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's it's the idea. I don't know what I would do if I saw someone with a tattoo and I realized it was a chair dog. I'd just be like, <laughs> You probably walk in the opposite direction. I don't want to be friends with them. Like, oh, I'm just going to back up from wherever <laughs> I am right now. Unless it's like a Taco Bell, but I'll be like, I got to wait. <laughs> I got to suffer through to get this Taco Bell. Yeah, I mean, it's worth it, though. They brought potatoes back. Yes. Potatoes. Uh, go get day. potato tacos from Taco yeah. Bell, everyone. They're delicious and cheap. <laughs> Well, I think that's going to do it this week. Uh, as always, you can find us over at thespool.net where we write about film and television. What are you working on right now, Megan? Uh, actually, at the moment, I am working on, I don't want to give too much away, but there is a show that is premiering at the beginning of next month mm -hmm. that is another, It's well, it's the new Law & Order. So the Law & Order uh, Organized Crimes is debuting in April. I am excited. And I am working on a list of essential Elliot Stabler SVU episodes for the spool. So mm -hmm. if you need to, like, you know, 
you're not super familiar with the character, uh, and the I'll just say this, like the Hulu collection, because you can watch SVU on Hulu, it's all on Hulu, mm. they have a section that's like the best of Stabler, and it's not. It's mm. very like, who curated this? I find this? that a lot of times with the, with the Hulu like best of collections, because they had one for Buffy, and I was like, uh, some of these would not be in my best of list, but... Yeah, it's just a lot of them are clearly ones where somebody was just like, well, this seems like he's a really prominent character in it. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, some are more, you know, skewed towards his character than any of the other ones. Yeah. But they're not always interesting episodes. So I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I am trying for my personal uh, list here to yeah. delve into my encyclopedic knowledge <laughs> of Law & Order SVU and find some some ones that are, you know... A little more indicative of what we could maybe expect from law and or- order organized crime, which is to yeah. say, he will probably rough up a witness at some point. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna shout at some point, <laughs> and he's gonna look great in khakis because that's what Stabler does. So good, it's Christopher so Maloney. Weird. Like I hate cops, but I love law and order. <laughs> like I do, I hate cops, but I watch at least one to two episodes of criminal intent every night before bed yeah yeah and i i was the one who was like i would like to write a a guide to elliot stabler let me do this for reasons other than my own joy well i'm really excited to read it and by the time this episode drops it should be up on the spool I have a piece along with El Busco we're writing about the season two finale of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. I have a lot of things to say, like a lot, a lot. It's pretty long. So <laughs> look for that. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WeirdingPod, or you could send us a letter to weirdingpodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, be nice. Take, Take your, your spice. spice. Bye. Bye. Bye.